Welcome to all right, so quick uh, apologies to all of the the triviaites out there, the triviacs. Uh, for last week, I was unable to do trivia because my stomach was a war zone. <laughs> um, I, I don't know any other way I can embellish it other than that, but this is not a gastroenterological podcast. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. Welcome one and all to the shop that doth chop. This is a movie podcast or a play of words, if you will, <laughs> that concedes that remakes shall happen. So why shouldn't buffs of movies like us decide <laughs> who shall be recast in those <laughs> iconic roles? <laughs> I will be your host this evening and my name is the Merchant of Travenis, a.k.a. the Two Gentlemen of Traverona, yes. a.k.a. Travolio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm dropping the Shakespearean tone. I am joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, Shakespearean Shawnet, <laughs> a.k.a. Venus and Ashaunus, a.k.a. This is the best one. Titus Chondronicus. <laughs> <laughs> And in our third seat, Chop Shop Regulator, Antony and Chelsea Patra, a.k.a. Romeo and Chelliet, a.k.a. <laughs> All's Chell That Ends Chell. <laughs> Further description of the show, the tagline says, watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes they're classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the designs with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. I do bite my tongue. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed. And that brings us to our first segment, which is going to be movie news. And this is where throughout the week we try to pay attention to news stories that relate to the world of cinema and especially stories that we think pertain to our show and that our listeners might find interesting, right? And so unfortunately, we do have to start it off with an RIP this week. And it is rest in peace and rest in power to Hong Kong veteran actor Ng Mon Tat, who passed away at the age of 70. And that comes to us from a website that I want to become more acquainted with, Dim Sum Daily. Ooh. Because Dim Sum is a Hong Kong cuisine. Next, an official Beavis and Butthead movie is coming to Paramount Plus. So Paramount Plus is brand new as of like yesterday, right? Well, no, it, it's it's the uh, Phoenix from the Ashes of CBS All Access. Okay, so CBS All Access, anything that you were watching on that is now on Paramount Plus, and th there's also going to be a Beavis and Butthead movie on there. Yeah, what do you the think? Second Beavis and Butthead movie ever. It's time. Yeah, it is. It's time to get stupid again. And that comes to us from hypebeast.com. Uh, next, fans say that Al Pacino was sleeping during the Golden Globes intro, and they loved it. Hua! <laughs> That's what he says every time he wakes up from an accidental nap. He just wakes up and he's like, Hua! Say hello to my little dreams. <laughs> I, think, I think the actual joke was, say hello to my pillow friend. <laughs> 
Uh, next, Detroit's crowdfunded Robocop statue is finally finished. This is something that has been in the works since 2015. Yeah. Uh, did you see the pictures of it? I did. It is a colossus. Yeah, as it should be. Gigantor. Yeah, the, the article said that they were not sure where they were going to put it because it was so large. Come on, there's tons of real estate that's not being used in Detroit. Absolutely. And my only question is, uh, so this this happened. How's the water? Delicious. Uh, next, Alamo Draft House has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and they announced their sale to Altamont Capital and Fortress Investments. And your reply was, you got to do what you got to do to survive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chapter 11 is that uh, reorganization bankruptcy. Yes. So it doesn't mean that they're going bye-bye. They're just having to get their house in order. And if the listeners aren't aware, the... Uh, Alamo Draft House brought about a renaissance of dinner theater, being yeah. able to drink and eat a solid meal while watching a movie in a uh, non-disruptive environment. They yeah. started in Austin, Texas, and have spread throughout uh, at least the Southeast region and it's, the Southwest. It, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the, the waiters and waitresses are like ninjas. Yeah, they wear solid black. You don't even know they're there. You look down, you've got your meal. It's crazy. Yeah, it's great. So we are sad about that, but hopefully they rise from the ashes. And that will wrap us up on movie news for this week. You guys hear a phone ringing? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Ahoy, Chop Shoppers. Shout out to my friend Sharon, who had a raging crush on Corey Haim when she was younger. My crush was Kirk Cameron. I think hers turned out better. Just One of the Guys didn't involve a girl trying to get on the football team. It involved a girl who didn't think she was getting a fair shake as far as getting an internship with a newspaper because of her good looks. Sally Hawkins was the lead actress in The Shape of Water. She was in a few episodes of Little Britain, but I wouldn't say that she was a famous TV actress. John Goodman has done drag. He played Linda Tripp in an episode of SNL. Time to quarry myself back to work. See you next week. All right. Thank you, Dana, for that. I do appreciate all of your hard work. And Corey Feldman barely, barely beats Kirk Cameron. <laughs> And that's going to close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week, bringing us to the theme of the episode. We're doing Shakespearean films, and I'm surprised that we haven't done this theme before. There's so many movie adaptations mm -hmm. of Shakespeare's works. Speaking of, the Guinness Book of World Records lists 410 feature-length film and TV wow. versions of William Shakespeare's plays, making Shakespeare the most filmed author ever in any language. As of June 2020, the Internet Movie Database lists Shakespeare as having writing credits on 1,500 films, including those under production but not yet released. The earliest known production of a Shakespearean play was King John, released in 1899. <laughs> wow. So, thoughts on the genre, Chelsea? It, it's big. It is big. Um, Sometimes they're good and sometimes they're shit. <laughs> right. And as with anything, it depends on who's behind the production. Of course. It is kind of neat to see how people... Interpret it? Yeah. 
take it and run with it a little bit. Absolutely. And there are lots of examples where people juxtapose Shakespearean ideas with contemporary or I should say transpose Shakespearean ideas with contemporary settings. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk about a few of those tonight. Sean, you are uh, in wedlock with a theater person. <laughs> How does your lovely wife, Allie, feel about Shakespeare? It's one of those staples, I think. Yeah. Uh, she's not particularly a, an avid slash rabid fan of Shakespeare. Okay. However, you know, there are several English teachers and professors who specialize in, in Shakespeare and it's their bread and butter. That's, you know, those are the ones that go crazy over anything Shakespeare. But, uh, you know, there, there's something for everybody in Shakespeare. You've mm -hmm. got war, you've got murder, you've got crime, drama, romance. It's I mean, almost as you like it. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> Funny. Uh, so yeah, there's plenty to choose from. And, uh, as Chelsea said, there's, uh, some are good and some are shit. Right. So, you know, we, <laughs> all 410 can't be winners. As if it were not <laughs> enough to shit on my doorstep, you must rub it in. <laughs> I have something cool. Yes. Um, one year for my birthday, I got all of Shakespeare's writing in these like leather bound books. Oh, really? Oh, it's gorgeous. We have this collection. Michelle and I have it on our shelf in our living like room. Like the little book? The little books. They're red, leather bound, and they're all one collection, right? Yeah. Yeah, we have that. That's awesome. I stole it from you when you were moving. <gasps> no, you didn't. Not really. We've had these for a while. She tried to give them away to somebody. I was like, no, 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 All right. So that's going to bring us into our next segment, which is going to be the Midnight Double Feature. And this is where we go around the panel and we each talk about two films that are within our subject at hand. And we talk about how they are related to each other, how they're related to the subject and why they would be a good pairing for a double feature. And so Chelsea, would you like to go first with yours? Sure. Um, I am using 2001's Get Over It and I'm pairing it with 2008's Hamlet 2. Now these, yes. are, these are both set in a high school and they're both taking Shakespeare plays and turning them into a musical. I love it. All right. So I've never seen the first one. Say say the name again. Uh, Get Over It. Get Over It with Kirsten Dunst. Yep. Ben Foster. I, they do Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah. Okay. Or something. A Midsummer Night's Dream. And Cisco's <laughs> in it. Is Thong, 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 thong. I love Hamlet too. Hamlet too oh, is amazing. The best. Elizabeth yeah. Shue is great. And the uh, main guy, uh, I, I always blank on his name. I think he's like the lost Coogan, python. Coogan, yes. Yeah, Steve, Steve Coogan. Coogan. Yes. He, it's hilarious. Yeah. And some people will glance over that title and actually think there's a sequel to Hamlet. Very good. I love your I love your double feature, Chelsea. Thank you. All right, moving it over to you, Sean. Well, speaking of Hamlet, I'm doing two Hamlet adjacent films. Okay. First is 2018's Ophelia, starring Daisy Ridley. Yep. Uh, you've got uh, Naomi Watts as Gertrude. You have Clive Owen as Claudius. I watched this. What did yeah. you think? I thought it was an interesting concept, although it did not hold my attention mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, I love the idea of. You know, there's more to Ophelia's story. Yes. There's something, you know, there's obviously a, a, a backstory. And so we're given that. And we're given her interaction with Hamlet and her suicide. And I don't want to give away 
<laughs> too much of the uh, the. You don't want to give away the plot. Of no, no, no. <laughs> I'll give that away if you haven't read it or heard about it yet. Sorry, but in terms of this film, you know, there things are not always as they seem. True. Um, it's okay. It's okay. But uh, you know, Daisy Ridley is you know hot as she's a, awesome. an actress, yes. and of course, you know, Ray from Star Wars. So people would be drawn to it for that reason. So I'm pairing that with uh, a film from 1990, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yes. You have a very meta film uh, by Tom Stoppard uh-huh. uh, about two minor characters in Hamlet who are kind of locked in this weird uh, limbo. Yeah, limbo is a great word. Uh, they they just can't deviate from the plot. And is one of them Tim Roth? Uh, it's Tim Roth and Gary Oldman and Richard Dreyfuss. So you've got a great cast and it's... It's very, uh, it's heady stuff. Yeah. It's about, you know, the, the the magic of theater and the trappings of theater as well. And uh, I've seen this movie twice. I saw it once when it came out. Yeah. And I was too young to understand what was going on. And then I saw it again and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. this yeah. is art. True. It has so very little to do with Hamlet itself. Right. Um, oh, I want to backtrack to Ophelia, though. There is one really great thing about that movie, and that is the uh, the play within a play that Hamlet puts on to kind of stick it to his uncle. The shadow play that the performers do yeah. to reenact what happened, and they create this giant skull. All the characters, are, it's, those, it's that troupe that do the really cool body contortions yes. to create these great shadows. And there's like a very Medusa kind of thing that they're doing. And mm-hmm. then they turn into a big skull that for that me was awesome. Was, was worth watching visually. Yes. Uh, it's a big payoff, but, uh, but yeah, some, some Hamlet adjacent films that uh, I think both are worth checking out. I would definitely recommend Rosencrantz and Guildenstern over Ophelia. Right on. Uh, one thing about the, uh, the Shakespearean films that are in period, the costumes are amazing. Uh, so if you are a, costume or scenery buff in terms of historical dramas uh, a lot of these will get your yayas uh so i went with a couple of movies that are modern interpretations or adaptations of shakespeare movies that are set in modern times and the first one is called o Mm-hmm. And it's an adaptation of Othello. It was directed by Tim Blake Nelson. Okay. Who a lot of people know as Delmar from Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Or he's also in The Watchmen. And he's been in a ton of things. But he's actually directed a few movies. He also directed Leaves of Grass. Okay. <laughs> also, he directed Anesthesia and Eye of God. Uh, so this movie has a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. From Google. Moving the classic tale of Othello onto the basketball courts of a high school, the story focuses on a young black man named Odin, played by Mackay Pfeiffer, who is convinced by a conniving best friend, Hugo, played by Josh Hartnett, that his girlfriend, Julia Stiles, is cheating on him. Of course, what Odin doesn't know is that Hugo is in fact motivated by his own jealousy of Odin's good fortune. It is a sticky situation in classic Shakespearean tradition. Obviously, Othello is one of the tragedies of Shakespeare's works. I'm pairing this with another movie that's one of his comedies, or based on one of his comedies. It's 10 Things I Hate About You, which is an adaptation of Taming of the Shrew. This one is uh, from 1999, directed by Gil Younger, 
he's mostly got TV credits. He did direct a couple of other movies. One is called 10 Things I Hate About Life, which is about a suicidal couple, kind of a Romeo and Juliet situation. Sounds like a grab. Uh, He also directed Think Like a Dog. But this movie, 10 Things I Hate About You, has a 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. Cat Stratford. That's it? That's a little 45. I think it's low. Wow. I'd go 55. Oh, I'd go more than that. I would be upper 60s. Yeah. Cat Stratford, once again, played by Julia Stiles, is beautiful, smart, and quite abrasive to most of her fellow teens, meaning that she doesn't attract many boys. Unfortunately for her younger sister, Bianca, played by Larissa Olenik, 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 uh, I Olenik, believe. O- yeah. Larissa Olenik. House rules say that she can't date until Kat has a boyfriend. So strings are pulled to set the dour damsel up for a romance. Soon, Kat crosses paths with handsome new arrival Patrick Verona, played by Heath Ledger. Will Kat let her guard down enough to fall for the effortlessly charming Patrick? <laughs> also, this is the first time that people realized that Joey Gordy Levi's is just little Heath Ledger because he's in that movie too. And the resemblance is uh, striking. Now, is it, is it Larry Miller? That's the father. I thought it was uh Schitt's Creek guy. No, I thought Mm-mm. it was Eugene Levy. No, it's not. No. Is, is that, am I getting the name right? Dana. He's great. And in that ridiculous role with that ridiculous rule about dating, the the scene in the in the bleachers is probably the the, yes. the highlight of that film. I love you, baby. All right, you gotta stop there. So you I the license. Yes, I was just talking about how much I love you, baby. Oh, you too, and, baby. Um, so that's my double feature. I'm connecting the two with both modern settings for Shakespearean plays, and also Julia Stiles is in both of them. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's going to bring us to our feature segment, The Recast. And this is one that Chelsea told me via text probably a month ago that if it wasn't included, she would be very pissed off or she would just make it part of her double feature. (laughs) And we're talking about Titus, not to be confused with the early 2000s sitcom, (laughs) Titus. (laughs) With Christopher Titus. With Christopher Titus. Uh, This is a film from 1999 directed by Julie Taymor. And Julie Taymor was already an established theater director at the time. And she had done a couple of short films. But this was her feature film debut. And boy, oh boy, did it set the stage for where she was going with the rest of her career. The visual stylings, uh, the music, everything everything is great. Obviously, it's an adaptation of Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus. It's an epic revenge tragedy of brutal savagery based in Roman times. Titus, the general, returns to Rome victorious and decides to sacrifice the son of his enemy, the Goths, to appease the Roman dead. After the queen of the Goths pleads for her son's life to no avail, she sets out on a mission of retaliation that leaves few of the participants unscathed. There are not any good people in this movie. Mm -hmm. Everybody is at fault, more some than others. If I had to pick two people who did the most wrong in this movie slash play, it would be Tamora 
and also her lover. What's this for Aaron? Aaron, Aaron yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They were really the seeds of deception that kind of set everything going. But can you really say that when you already had a war and a displacement of an emperor and two brothers who were uh, vying for that throne and a enemy queen who now becomes the queen of Rome? The drama is heavy now chelsea you recommended this what are your big takeaways from the movie i mean i gosh it's been a while since i've seen it right but i remember being shown this film never didn't know anything about it never read the play nothing and like visually i just couldn't take my eyes off of it i think i watched it like three times after that it's just Stunning. One of the other remarkable things about it that really hadn't been done a lot at this point, maybe in Pink Floyd's The Wall, the setting, the time frame changes mm-hmm. throughout the movie without any real like... Meanwhile, right and later. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we go from 1950s England to ancient Rome to Mussolini, Italy to various other time periods without a without a crack in the scenes but it doesn't feel confusing not at all yeah i think i think it was it was very well done mm-hmm. for, and for for me this is a, a a really fun play anyway it's one of the most violent stories yeah. yes. in shakespeare's oh, wow. arsenal and not to give away the ending for anyone who's not seen it but the big payoff is great yep. and mm-hmm. it's ironic that Anthony Hopkins was cast in that role given his previous roles that he's most famous for right. and yeah it's 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 a good one and worth watching I chopped off my hand with some fava beans and a nice <laughs> Chianti <laughs> all right so the roles that we're going to recast uh we've got Titus Andronicus played by Anthony Hopkins who was 62 at the time We've got Tamora, played by the amazing Jessica Lang. She was 50 in mm-hmm. this movie and hot as fuck. Next, we've got Saturnius. Sorry. Saturninus. Saturninus? Saturnius? Saturninus. Saturninus, played by Alan Cummings, who was 34 at the time. He's great. Oh, yeah. Uh, longtime theater person. He uh, really chewed up the scenery. Reminds me a little bit of... The guy who plays Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens. Like I, I almost oh, same. Want, yeah, I almost wanted to pick Paul Rubens, but he's too old. Cool. Oh, we should also mention that her sons, uh, Tamora's sons, one of them is Jonathan Reese Myers. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he is really geeked out in this <laughs> in this role. Like he's on edge. He and his brother are constantly just fighting each other, slash looking for some mischief to get into. All right, so. Over to you, Chelsea. Who is your Titus Andronicus? So my actor, probably known a little bit more for TV because he was in two amazing TV shows, uh, Malcolm in the Middle and Breaking Bad. I went with Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston's an interesting pick for this. I think he can pull that sort of... He's got the gravitas. Yes. Sean, over to you. I went the 61-year-old actor from uh, South Yorkshire. And he's... uh, been in lots of things uh but uh you would know him from black death you might have seen him in the most recent uh snowpiercer tv series Uh uh-huh 
You would definitely know him from Game of Thrones. You definitely know him from Lord of the Rings. He's known for dying. We did an episode yes. about him. I went with Sean Bean. Sean Bean. If the listeners are interested, go back and listen to the episode entitled, He Dies at the End. <laughs> Gosh, I hope you guys like this. I just stumbled across it. My actor is 61 now. He was in Action Jackson. Okay. He was in Blood In, Blood Out. And he's also in all three of the Back to the Future movies as Biff Tannen. Oh. It's Thomas F. Wilson. No. Thomas oh F. God. Wilson is going to bring the Shakespearean <laughs> chops for this role. And also is he? Little bit of a little bit of a face value connection there with, with Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next one. We've got Tamora. Tamora is played by Jessica Lang. She was 50 at the time. I've already lauded her physical prowess, but her acting in the movie is just on a next level. Yeah. I, I thought it was great. Do, oh, yeah. Do you not agree? Oh, no, oh, 100%. Geez. Do you not agree? So, Tamora, Jessica Lang, 50 at the time. Who's your pick, Chelsea? So, my actor is close to that age and just a wonderful actress in my opinion she was in unbreakable beowulf the princess bride forrest gump i went with robin wright yes knee pen yeah no not anymore yeah uh jessica lang is is like a a, a beautiful venomous snake in this movie oh, yeah. yeah ready to almost strike. like a almost like an angelina jolie praying mantis kind of yeah um i went with a 54 uh, year old actress who is known for films such as Unbreakable, Beowulf, Forrest yeah. Gump, and The Princess Bride. I too went with Robin Wright. What? Yeah. She's a. And you, you guys did not know. No. Did not no. Know. All right. She is exactly what this movie calls oh, for. Oh, yeah. That's a good call. That's I mean, a really good her call. Her House of Cards role. That's what is I basically thought of too. Tamora. Yeah. Easily translates into. Yes. That. Wow. Good job, guys. All right. Well, my actress, I did not pick Robin Wright Penn. It, there's no pen. The pen is. Is mightier there than you go. the sword. Set and spike. She's 49 now. She was in Mystic Pizza. She was in Shag, partially filmed right here in Florence, South Carolina. She's in Double Double Jeopardy and SLC Punk. Her name is Annabeth Gish. Annabeth Gish. Yeah, yeah. Is going to be my tomorrow. Okay. I've never recast her before. No, that's a good I've never pick. chopped her before. Next up, we've got our third and final role for this outing, and it's going to be Saturninus. Also, can you guys tell me how to say Carolinanus? Carolinianus? Coriolanus? Coriolanus. 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 Alan Cummings was 34. Chelsea, who's your pick? Gosh, I really struggled with this one. Yeah? I had a hard time. Um, He is flamboyant he's mm -hmm. a big personality i mean i had a hard time anyways my actor i don't know i'm still a little unsure of this he's on the tv show atlanta mm -hmm. he's been in solo star wars yes yeah i went with donald glover wow that's interesting i thought he could do it i was like well Gosh. he does kind of have that like pan pansexual well just nature. the stuff with like his music and some of these yeah. personas that he takes on i'm like Sh i think he can mm. do it that's really good i like it i can see it um 
Sean? Alan Cumming was probably my least favorite part of this movie because okay. Saturninus's part does not call for the flamboyant, impish kind of role. No. He is very conniving and very power mad, and I went with somebody more masculine in okay. a traditional sense of the word. Who did you see in this? So I went with a 34-year-old actor who was in Harry Potter. Uh-huh. He was in The Inbetweeners too. He was in Pitch Perfect, but most people will know him from Bridgerton. I went with Freddie Stroma. Freddie Stroma. Freddie Stroma. Okay. All right. Uh, you get points from my lovely wife, Michelle. Drink. Uh, because Michelle. just for referencing Bridgerton. It's going to come up again. She's <laughs> all about that show. Uh, all right. So it's my pick. I picked an actor who's 34 now. Uh, everything I say is going to give it away. He was in American Horror Story, X-Men, Deadpool 2, and WandaVision as Fietro. His name <laughs> is Evan Peters. I shopped him. Yeah, he's yeah. the right age. He's yep. quirky. I can see Evan Peters kind of weird. That. Yeah. yeah. So that was where I went with it. Um, I think it's pretty obvious to the room, but we should tell the listeners this is a recommend. Oh, absolutely. Huge recommend. And with that, we're going to go to intermission. But... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves a rack of lamb. An aquavite? Or some coral anus? <laughs> Coral's anus. <laughs> and for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM. The Shop with Travisito, the Brew Boss. And me, Chelsea, the Regulator. Where we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All, All morning, morning long. And if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Podbean.com. And it came to pass that the Lord Pod saith unto the chop shoppers to go forth, to rate, to review, and to subscribe to Cinema Chop Shop on all of your social media and your podcaster apps. Now it's about time for the holy sacrament of a beer check-in. You too can follow the path to Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Everyone, hallelujah. hallelujah! Praise Jesus! Amen. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you think you can handle it. This weekend on CCS Wrestling. Woo! If you miss this event, you suck. Woo! It'll be the ultimate recasting extravaganza you have ever seen. Between the challenger. Trontastic Ron. I'm going to rip his face off. Woo! And the defending champ. Little Thanos. You ain't got nothing, brother. I can't stop saying woo! It's an actual medical condition. So if you've got a problem with that, we'll see you in Gmail. 
where you can send us comments, corrections, concerns, and complaints. That's cinemachopshop at gmail.com. use movie good credit bad credit no credit no problem come on down to wacky trav's cinema chop shop blowout sale he's He's out out of his mind where we can guarantee you you'll go home happy social security number criminal background check and blood sample required side effects may include euphoria hallucinations and delusions of grandeur so please remember to watch chop retrofit We are back. Thank you, Chop Shoppers, for bearing with us during intermission. Free Britney. And <gasps> yay. And when we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? Beer check-ins. And we've got one that's fairly on theme. Well, yeah, it's from England. It's an English ale. And what is it? It is Samuel Smith's Nut Brown Ale. And back in the day, maybe uh, 15, Mid- 16 years ago, this was... The shit. I would go so far as to say like the mid-90s, mid to late 90s. Well, that was before my uh, craft beer cherry breaking. But I do remember that in the early, early days of midweek seminar, this was a go-to. Oh, sure. I, their chocolate stout is still kind of oh, That's winner. not bad. It's way better than in Newcastle. Oh, that's not hard to do. Yeah, I can... Oh, to be better than in Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. No, seriously, you've got a nuttiness to it. That's mm-hmm. nice. It's mild, as you would expect for an English ale. Um, It's uh, malty, and it's well done. It's- you just described my personality. It's got nuttiness. It's easy to swallow. You're, you're, you're malty. <laughs> I'll give you that. And I'm quite malty. Now that we have enjoyed that, we're going to talk about our... 2021 movie marathon and this is where throughout the year we try to watch as many movies as we can and we check them in on twitter and letterboxd and oh announcement time announcement time after this season and we're only like 12 episodes away from the end of the season i will be switching my movie marathon check-ins to my own twitter feed back to my own twitter feed it was originally there but we tried we we moved him over to the cinema chop shop twitter feed to try to get more traction i think we've got that traction but my movie check-ins will be under my own That's twitter cool. feed, which is travis grant allen my actual legal name so <laughs> i as of this recording it is the 64th day of the year and i'm on number 75 82 134 <laughs> so how is it that you're managing to stay so far ahead of us chelsea well i got that big jump but i think i was thinking about this too because i was like gosh this felt like such a chore last year and i almost didn't make it and i think it's because throughout the start of this i've been regular on the show yes so now your poops are solid yeah it (laughs) Just feels like it's part of the job at this point. Okay. You do have something to check in, right? What's your first check-in, Chelsea? So um, Criterion Channel put on 
a movie by Solange Knowles called When uh-huh. I Get Home. Okay, I haven't seen this. So it goes with her album, A Seat at the Table. And it's it's about black culture, mm-hmm. Houston culture, rodeo culture. It's strange as hell. Okay. In a cool way. I think that that is a good description of Solange. It really is. Strange and, as hell in a cool way. Yeah, and that's... I think I literally said that to you when I was explaining her. Yeah, I found it really interesting. I don't quite understand everything. Right. Um, Because you're a white girl. Well, yeah. And I'm not from Houston. Yeah. The, it's it's Mostly really, it's not being from Houston. Well, no. There's there's a lot of like Houston-centric things. Gotcha. It's shot there's there. nuances. It's shot there. I mean, yeah. there's iconic places that I guess they show that wouldn't resonate, but it was was really interesting. I liked it. All right, over you, Sean. Your first check-in? All right, my first check-in is going to be a uh, horror movie called Sacrifice. Okay. And this is a Scandinavian Lovecraftian horror film. Scandinavian. Yes. Uh, my hat is off to the sound design team. They did some really cool shit to make you feel what you should feel. Mm-hmm. Some of the lighting, however, was a little cheesy, but all in all, it was a really neat, small Scandinavian town with a uh, an American in in a fish out of water kind of thing. Yes. Um, and had a twist ending that was appropriate. Okay. So uh, I, I give it high marks because a lot of times you get the twist ending and you're like, oh, come on. This one, yeah. So it's a recommend. It's a it's a good recommend. And for it's a, from this year? Uh, it is a 2021 release, yeah. All right, cool. I'll check it out. My first one is going to be The United States versus Billie Holiday. I finished this this morning. And? I was fascinated by it. I was floored by this movie. Yeah. I did not expect it to be so visceral. Me neither. I did not expect there to be so much graphic uh, exposition of both her drug problem and her, her sexual life. The actress who plays the title character, her name is Andra Day. And it's her first major movie. I'm astonished by this. She is brilliant. It was great. My official review. uh, I saw the preview on CBS Sunday morning, so I knew it would be good. But damn! (laughs) Props to the singer slash first-time actress, Andra Day. Um, It's a story that some people might not be aware of that this movie shed some light on. Yeah. All right, next up for you, Chelsea. I'm going with a documentary about a musician. Okay. Uh, Billie Eilish and... The world is pretty blurry right now? The world's a little blurry. Okay, so I haven't watched it yet. The thing that has prevented me from watching it is that it's over two hours long. It is very long. Okay, but is it good? No. It's not. Okay. Their family and her, like, they're adorable. I give them all the credit in the world. Like, they have... the parents have two talented kids who Is have Phineas, sky- the yes, other one, Phineas, have skyrocketed to fame, and both of them are still a hundred percent grounded. They're amazing family. But the movie itself, how whoever directed this, there is no direction. There is no. There's nothing. You're just like watching videos in your gallery on your phone or something. Okay. It's very strange. Gotcha. So the um. 
the through thread wasn't there. There was no story no, arc to the not movie. at all. What the hell is a Billy, Billy eyelash? <laughs> what the fuck is the internet? <laughs> Over to you, Sean, your yeah, next pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to crack open a beer while we're doing this. Okay. Uh, this is from uh, Heist Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina. Nice. It's called Dank. Daniel, it is a hazy pale ale. Very cool. So I'll pop that open right after I finish reading this. Uh, this is uh, Wrong Turn. This is the newish iteration of the Wrong Turn films. Is it a reboot? Uh, you tell me. N- uh, n- it feels different. Yeah. Okay. So this is from 2021, and this is about a group of uh, kids that are hiking. Well, actually, they're driving through like Appalachian country, mm-hmm. and uh, they stop at an Airbnb or something, a bed, a real bed and breakfast, I guess. And they get off, a B&B. Yeah, they get off on the uh, Appalachian Trail and go missing. Matthew Modine is the father of one of the kids, and he's taking it upon himself to go find out what's happened to his daughter. And, uh, yeah, he kind of digs around and finds out. And it's it's pretty harrowing. Yeah. Was I, it well done, the it, movie itself? I actually was pleasantly surprised and enjoyed this. I had two issues, and, and Chelsea's going to cringe because I've already said this. Where do I buy the tiny day packs that can fit an entire campsite in them? I mean, if that's what you're going to nitpick um, on a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I do want that shit, though. You just pull a string and your whole campsite I mean, set up. These yeah. guys were like, had these tiny little day packs and yeah. they it had like really, a 12-person tent. It no, really didn't. That is, it doesn't work like that. And then, here's my, here's my biggest gripe, though. If you say Appalachia, I'll throw an Appalachia. Oh, they said Appalachia? Oh, yes. That's Everybody, right. even the people who live there. They should uh probably take their ass on to the willamette valley (laughs) but uh i will say this it was a lot of fun it was very gritty and the lead actress boy is she good yeah she's amazing really 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 like this lead actress all right i'll check it out check it out honestly i have to say i've never seen the original wrong turn i've only i've only seen like the first one and it's not sequels oh yeah it's really not all that great right this was amazing yeah this one's in terms of like horror movies yeah you won't yeah yeah, you won't be disappointed and uh, the credits oh yes Oh, the credits. Yes. Watch yes. through the credits. Yes. So we've got some mid-credit scenes. Uh, the whole yeah. movie ends while the credits are rolling, but you've got to watch the credits. It's amazing. Okay. So it's in that um, that genre of horror that we would refer to as backwoods horror. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. This would be a great one for our backwoods episode. All right. What do you think about that beer? Oh, that's tasty as hell. Yeah, it's it's a light drinking pale ale. but It's, it's a big a, transition from the Sammy yeah. Smith's Nut Brown. It's got a great hot bouquet. Yeah, that's tasty. I like it a lot. And once again, that's from Heist Brewing yeah. in Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. I've got uh, another check-in. It's going to be MLK FBI. This is the documentary about the FBI's surveillance of reverend dr martin luther king jr uh before his death so my review and this is really all i have to say about it the fact that in 1977 a federal judge archived and sealed the fbi's surveillance records of mlk for 50 years is astounding i wonder if the world will still have the capacity to be shocked six years from now when those records are i should hope so i should hope so because the rumors, and I'm assuming the rumors are justified about the the links yeah. that the FBI went to. 
Also, um, Martin Luther King played a really good Martin Luther King. <laughs> Chelsea, do you have another one? No, since I tag teamed on both of yours. Sean? Oh, okay. Well, then let me uh, whip this out. Excuse me while I whip this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, last check-in of the week for me will be haha, Baby Dunn. Oh, okay, yes. I saw your review of this. Baby Dunn. This is a New Zealand rom-com She's having a baby. Yes. Comedy. Oh my God. This is freaking fantastic. Nice. It's fresh. It's funny. Uh, the lead actress um, is Rose Matafeo. Okay. She's great. Wonderful. Uh, she's funny. And she is co-starred by Matthew Lewis, who played Neville Longbottom in the in the Harry Potter movies. Oh my God. I mean, we've seen pictures of him. He he's an adult now. He's he's very handsome. But goddamn, is he not funny? Yeah, he's great. And it's called Baby Go, Baby, Baby Done, Baby Done. Okay, um, I'm gonna watch this for high, sure. High, high, high recommendations. Yeah. It is a lot of fun, especially for people who don't have children and have expressed that they don't have the plans to have right, children. Right, right, right. No babies on purpose. Uh, this is uh, this is a good one. I really enjoyed this a lot. And hell yeah, executive produced by Taika Waititi. There we go. Bring it home. Oh, and also the director retweeted my review. Thank you very much. Nice. All right. My last check-in is going to be, you know, what I wrote down is Escher, Journey to Infinity. That's a documentary about MC Escher. But I'm really going to talk about a movie I saw last night. Uh-oh. It's Off called script. Phoenix, Oregon. Okay. They had me at Oregon. <laughs> it's about a middle-aged bartender who decides to quit his job and team up with the chef of that restaurant that he worked at, who also is quitting, to open a bowling alley slash craft beer slash pizzeria. Okay. And it's amazing. I know that I recognize some of the people in it, but the names are just like not there. Mm -hmm. It's so indie uh -huh. that you, you recognize them, but you're like, where do I recognize them from? Phoenix, Oregon, five okay. stars okay wow mm. do they get dysentery no 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 <laughs> on the oregon trail no phoenix oregon is well south of the oregon trail okay with that should we go into the second part of our feature segment the recast continued encore the second stanza and for this film it's going to be much ado about nothing <laughs> from 1993 Directed by Kenneth Branagh. It's got a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. From Google. In this Shakespearean farce, hero Kate Beckinsale and her groom-to-be, Claudio, Robert Sean Leonard, team up with Claudio's commanding officer, Don Pedro, Denzel Washington, the week before their wedding to hatch a matchmaking scheme. Their targets are sharp-witted duo Benedict can we take a moment to point out that his name is Benedict and not Benedict? It's Benedict, uh, played by Kenneth Branagh, and Beatrice, played by Emma Thompson. A tough task indeed, considering their corresponding distaste for love and each other. Meanwhile, meddling Don John, played by Keanu Reeves, plots to ruin the wedding. So I think that, Chelsea, you saw my review of this. I did too. On Twitter, I said... 
This is why you should never play matchmaker. He finally got up the courage to say to his lovely wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, thoughts about this before we get into the recast. Ugh. Much like Dracula, um, I think that uh, Keanu was miscast. Hmm. Okay. He's out of his. He's out of his element. He's out of so his league. He and Don Pedro are brothers. Yeah, that's a problem. One of them is Denzel Washington. Yeah. Yeah. One of them is Keanu Reeves. There is no explanation of why. Um. Kate Beckinsale was ridiculously young looking. Oh, yeah. Like she didn't even look like herself. Uh -uh. Also, the opening scene with the bathing, a lot of dudes butts. A lot of dude butts. Like too much, too much butts. And also some like scrot and some fuck puck. (laughs) Um, Wait, what's a fuck puck? It's like the area between the scrot and the... You know, you mean the, the taint? The taint. It's basically yeah. Oh, that. okay. That's another. Uh, okay. But also, there was the scene where the women were changing, and it was just like really fast. Oh yeah, flashes of nudity, but they can show all the butts they want. Yeah. What was uh, what was Brana doing there? Yeah, he as wanted the director. To, he wanted to see more butts. I guess. See more butts. Hmm. All right. So the roles that we're going to recast are Benedict, played by Kenneth Brana. He was thirty three at the time. Beatrice, played by Emma Thompson, who was 34. I didn't realize she was a year older than him. And they were married at the time this movie came out. Don Pedro, played by Denzel Washington, who was 39. And Don John, played by Keanu Reeves, who was 29 at the time. Another thing, they're brothers, but they're 10 years apart. Well, that's that's feasible. It's yeah. feasible, but it's not often. All right, so over to you, Chelsea. Who's your pick for Benedict? Ah. <sighs> So, my actor was in American Horror Story, um, Unbroken, Nurse Ratchet. I went with Finn Whitrock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Finn Whitrock. All right. And over to you, Sean, your pick. I was an actor from Oxfordshire, England. He is 32 years old. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're an American now. You say it like we do. Uh, now I'm an American. <laughs> uh, all right. He was in Crashing, Broadchurch, W1A, as well as Bridgerton in the role of Anthony Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. I went with Jonathan Bailey. Oh, that's interesting. Because I went with an actor who's 32 now. He's British. He's in The Mercy. He's in Broadchurch and Bridgerton. His name is Jonathan Bailey. Excellent choice, sir. Jonathan Bailey is it. the right pick for this. Two out of three chop choppers say so. <laughs> Next. Okay. Well, the, the correct one said no. <laughs> Next, we've got Beatrice played by Emma Thompson. So when I started watching this movie, I didn't think I was watching the right movie. I was like, this looks like a movie from the late 70s, early 80s. It's and weird, I'm, yeah. And yeah. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't recognize any of these people until they cut to the tree where Emma Thompson is reading to all of the people in the opening scene. But her name was Beatrice. She was played by Emma Thompson. She was 34 at the time. Chelsea, who's your pick? My actress, um, I think it, you have to have somebody who is quick wit, a little bit funny, but yeah. also can be very stern. Yeah. Um, so my actress was in The Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. A Quiet Place, Mary Poppins. I went with Emily Blunt. Yeah, That's a good pick. We were just yeah. talking about her earlier. 
That's fantastic. She's delightful. And she is kind of a like a modern iteration of Emma Thompson's persona. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like it. Go, Sean. I went with a 34-year-old actress. She could be seen in films such as Mank. Mm-hmm. The Imitation Game. Oh, you're, you're going to try to get me to mispronounce her name. The Current War. <laughs> oh, God. War and Peace and uh-huh. Sense8. Oh, with Tuppence Middleton. Oh, Tuppence Middleton. I can definitely pronounce her name. I thought you were talking about the other oh no 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 i'm i'm going uh i'm going with some british heritage in this one there you go yeah all right my actress is uh 33 now she's in reach me wolves at the door and also marvel's agents of shield her name is elizabeth henstridge elizabeth oh right she was the she was the nerd scientist well, it should have been called Agents of Sword. That would have been a more, much more watchable show. Uh, next, we've got Denzel Washington's character, Don Pedro. who uh, Denzel Washington was 39 at the time. And Chelsea, what were you thinking about for this one? This was another hard one for me. Okay. And I struggled with this and then landed on Taika Waititi. Okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I can kind of see that. <laughs> that's really interesting. Wow. You just changed the game for I this did. whole movie. Yeah. Over to you, Sean. I'm with a 39 year old actor from Oldham, Lancashire. Lancashire. Um, I unlike the type. I love the Taika Waititi pick. I, yes. I, 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 I stuck with the uh, the sexy Denzel kind of. You know. Yeah. It's Denzel. So this actor. Is uh, can be seen in Austinland, uh, Hollyoaks, NCIS, but most people know him from American Gods. I went with Ricky Whittle. Okay, you uh, really whittled down the competition for that role. Good job. And my pick is thirty nine now as well. He's on the Snowpiercer TV series. Uh huh. He is in movies called Blind Spotting, Wonder. And a theatrical production called Hamilton. His name is David Diggs. <laughs> he's becoming like the the the, uh, the favorite of the show these days. He's a chop shop favorite. Like David Diggs, so adorable. Like he's the yeah. new Walton Goggins on this show. No. Yeah. He's uh, he's on a, a higher tier. Oh than yeah? Walton okay. Goggins, in my opinion. Somebody somebody who's got lots of time on their hands should like do a calculation of who's been recast the most. Oh, on this? Yeah, on, on this show. show. Yeah, I mean the the chop shoppers are getting really slack on their databases. <laughs> we got one more. It's Don John, played by Keanu Reeves, who was twenty nine at the time. Chelsea? You need somebody who's a little bit more menacing or believable. Yeah. As menacing. Yes. So my actor was in The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Hmm. Let's talk about Kevin. I went with Ezra Miller. Oh, yes. We have to talk about Kevin. Also, he's The Flash, right? Isn't he The Flash? Yeah, Ezra in, Miller? In, in the Justice League movies. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, yeah. Let's not talk about that. Let's not. Mm-hmm. Over to you, Sean. I went with a 30-year-old actor from London, England. And I'm keeping this whole idea of... Uh, this biracial brotherhood thing going. He's got a good pedigree though when it comes to films uh, that 
kind of play into this Shakespearean kind of feel. Uh, he was in The Favorite. He was in Mary's Queen of Scots. He was in uh, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime. Haven't seen that one. I did see Mary Queen of Scots mm-hmm. at the Nickelodeon mm-hmm. before in the before times. Uh-huh. And he was in Boy Erased. That should be the giveaway. Yep. His name is Joe Alwyn. Yep. All right. So he's American? No, he's English. Okay, well, I went with an American because Keanu Reeves is American. My actor is 28 now. He was in, I think he might have got typecast in like an ocean thing because he's in Lost Island, Between Waves, The Beach House, and Outer Banks. His name is Chase Stokes. Okay. Okay. Chase Stokes. Now, did you see Outer Banks? Yeah, I love that okay. show, dude. I couldn't get into it? it. Oh, I liked it. I, I thought think... it was like a uh, kind of like a Goonies yeah, little a I, feel to it. I got like through two episodes. I just couldn't get into Everybody it. Everybody was just too hot. No, they were just boring. Mm. Was too hot, boring, same thing. Yeah. Too hot, boring. And final final thoughts on Much Ado About Nothing. I mean, like, it's not bad, but it's not good. There is a more recent uh, version of this movie. There's a more recent adaptation, which I'm interested to see. All right. So uh, with that, we are going to go ahead and go to our bonus segment. Yes. It's going to be a battle royale between some Shakespearean villains. Who would win between Claudius from Hamlet, Lady Macbeth from Macbeth, or Iago from Othello. Mm. Mm. I'm just going to go ahead and say Lady Macbeth because the picture that I got was she's really hot. It's pretty good. Well, I was going to say Lady Macbeth as well because not only would she win this battle, but just invoking her name in the theater is bad luck. No, you're thinking of just the word Macbeth. Right? Well, yeah, you can't say her name without saying Macbeth. Right. You can say lady, though. Nah, it's the same thing. No, I just... Why is that? I don't know. You you never asked your wife? She, I don't know if she knows or not. I'm sure there was some ridiculous catastrophe that happened during Macbeth. And, uh, you know, you know how superstition works. I do, actually. I can't stop staring at her picture now, so I'm just going to pick her. We all picked Lady Macbeth. Nice. Unanimous battle royale. So we want to wrap it up. I want to thank you, Chelsea, for being here. Despite your um, unpleasant mood when we began, I feel like you've rounded a corner. I have. And I think that I might have been a part of that. I <laughs> of hope. Course. I hope that I was. Is there anything that you want to plug? Trivia. Trivia. We'll be back this next week. Uh, my my tummy's fine. Yay. Everything will be good. Um, thinking about doing a very pop-oriented playlist. I'm totally on board with that. Also, yes. Free Britney. And Free Britney. And the next week, we'll plug this again next week, but the sat, sorry, the Wednesday of St. Patrick's Day, we're doing trivia, and hopefully it'll be in the, in the beer garden, and we're going to do all Irish music, all Irish-themed questions, it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a whole big weekend for Seminar Brewing. Hey, uh, wait. You forgot another thing that happens on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, also, Sean, the brew boss, I want to thank you for doing what you do 
also your birthday's on St. Patrick's Day. Are you going to dress up like a leprechaun again? Sure, every time. <laughs> Steal my pot of gold. And um, is there anything you want to plug, sir? Um, <clears throat> no. <laughs> any, <laughs> Free Britney. <laughs> any, any new beers coming out? I can't think of anything really off the top of my head of what's coming up. Uh, Get your vaccine. Yeah, go for some vaccines. I mean, I I did mine we did today. It. Uh, Travis got his today. I Chelsea do mine tomorrow. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're fine. I, so far, nothing wrong with me. So far, so good. Uh, just do it. Don't be an ass. Do you know what next week's episode is? Uh, yeah, this one's going to be uh, one that I recommended. Con artist slash grifter movies. Grifter. Uh, so here's your sneak preview question and answer. In the 1993 film Six Degrees of Separation, a skillful con artist, Paul, played by Will Smith, mysteriously appears at the Fifth Avenue home of an affluent family. He is injured and bleeding and claims to be a close friend of their Ivy League kids, as well as the son, as well as the son of what renowned actor? God, I have not seen this film since it came out. I have back. never Think seen this Think of a this very film. renowned black actor. Oh, Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier is the correct answer. We want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. We're also hosted online on podbean.com. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. We're Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter. We're Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook. Our email, which we check damn near every day, is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. The beers we checked in today will be checked in on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Uh, we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. And we're doing a, a few things on YouTube, right? Yes. A few things on YouTube. We're trying to uh, work that out and get you guys some extra content. Hopefully, uh, we will have a have some sort of patron thing going on with the, with the YouTube. But we are Cinema Chop Shop Podcast on YouTube. Finally, thank you to you, the listeners. Remember, still, wear your mask and social distance. And please, remember to watch Chop Chop Retrofit. Take a bow, Jess. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.